where we're going to share the word of God today and today we're thinking particularly of harvest. Harvest of course is a very important time, it's a time to just uh, remember that God is the creator and it's a time to remember that God is the provider and that he's a good God and he's made uh, good plans for those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus. There's uh, quite a story behind the passage that I want to concentrate on first of all. In Genesis 8 and verse 22, we read this, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now, it's important just to reflect on what God's word is really saying here, it says, as long as the earth endures. Now, God didn't change his mind, but it does just indicate to us that the sinfulness of men and women, uh, the vile things that were happening in the earth, which you uh, can pick up a little bit about as you read the earlier chapters of Genesis, but it was just a horrific scene. Uh, the violence, the immorality, the sin that was going on in the world was absolutely obnoxious to God. God is a holy God. And when he looked upon the creation that he'd made, and when he looked upon the man that he'd made, we know that uh, God was deeply saddened to see the way that things had gone. The fall of man had just... Uh, just kept running and running and running. It wasn't just the initial step of disobedience in the garden, but it was a process that was just going to escalate. And things had got to uh, such a terrible state that God said, I will judge. I will judge and I will bring a flood and all of mankind will be uh, extinct they'll be wiped out except that Noah the righteous one amongst all of the uh, heathen and ungodliness Noah and his family they would be saved and so uh, the flood came just as God said it would the judgment fell and uh, so many people uh, lost their lives we don't have an accurate estimation of the population of the, world, of the world at that time. But it was grim. It was very, very sizable. It, it was an incredible catastrophe. And Noah had been instructed to build the ark. And uh, he did faithfully build the ark. And it meant that uh, two of every kind, animal-wise, uh, they were brought into the ark. And Noah and his family were in the ark. But everything else was wiped out. Nothing else was left. But at the uh, point that we pick up the story, God's word says, as long as the earth endures. And I think that's very important for a number of reasons. But one straightforward reason is this. Does it mean that today things are not quite so bad in terms of human behaviour, in terms of the way people treat each other, are things uh, not as bad today as they were then? Well, 
I don't know that you can accurately measure or should try to measure the extent of sinfulness. But I suggest that uh, there have been many times in history where the sort of behaviour and the attitude and the greed and the selfishness and all of the uncleanness that pervaded, that's been happening many, many, many times in the earth. Now, God, on that first occasion, uh, as we read it in Genesis, decided to execute swift and powerful judgment upon the generation of people that were living at that time. Now, it's not that God didn't love them uh, as much or as little as anybody else. It's nothing to do with God's love. It's to do with a holy God who cannot stand the sight of sin. But having uh, brought about that judgment and having seen that judgment worked out and Noah and his family, they were now safe and uh, they were able to start again. The Lord says, as long as the earth endures. And therefore the uh, trigger point for the ultimate judgment of God. And there is an ultimate judgment coming. Uh, something far worse than the flood. There will be a time when all of the world will have to stand and give an account to a holy God. There will be a time when this earth, as we know it, will be destroyed. But then the heavens will also be destroyed and a new heaven and a new earth uh, will be made. But while this earth is here... God will show mercy. He hasn't changed his mind about sin. He's not gone soft. He's as rigorous as ever about righteousness and purity. But the thing that's changed is that God is saying, all right, you know, I will store up my wrath. And that's how uh, the letter of Peter puts it. I will store up my wrath and a day will come when all of mankind will have to give an account and all will either uh, face eternal damnation or eternal life. It will be one or the other. You, you can't be in the middle. You'll either be destined for heaven or you'll be destined for hell. And therefore, uh, this is a very, very important thing as long as the earth endures. Now, I'm not a scientist, but... Uh, there could be many predictions about how long the earth will endure. There are times when we hear about a meteorite that could be passing by and should it hit the earth, it would destroy us. And then, of course, we have uh, people concerned with conservation and uh, they look at uh, the oceans, they look at the plastic in the oceans, they look at uh, the climate that we're experiencing changes in and all of that. And uh, there are people who begin to say, well, if we carry on as we are, the earth definitely has a very limited time and uh, there will be eventually uh, an end to things as long as the earth endures. How long will the earth endure? Well, I can't tell you how long, but God will allow this earth to endure as long as he sees that there will be some who will repent of their sin and be saved. When the last person, whoever that is, and we'll never know, has received Christ, then the end will come. But as long as the earth endures, the opportunity is there 
for righteousness, for repentance, for turning to God. And God has said, I will provide. And what we read is this, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. The wonderful uh, grace of God is that God is saying that he will provide what mankind needs to physically survive all the time the earth is there. Now we know that may mean some periods of famine and it may mean some periods of abundant crops. And uh, we know the wisdom of Joseph in getting in the crops when there was years of plenty to handle the years of famine. I believe that there is enough food uh, able to grow on this earth to feed everybody. The problem of hearing that some people are starving is not because there is not enough food to actually go to everyone. It's got far more to do with uh, selfishness and trading and uh, some parts of the world just being uh, totally uh, neglected. And, well, occasionally, yes, you do see incredible humanitarian acts in times of earthquake, famine, uh, massive flooding, whatever. And, and it is really great when you see people respond and try to share what they have so that others who have nothing can have something. As long as the earth endures, God will provide. Jesus said we could pray, give us this day our daily bread. We can't argue about how much he will provide, but he will provide seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. All of those things are important. Temperature is important in terms of crops growing and uh, day and night is important. The amount of light that's available as crops are sown and grown and all of what is included in that. But uh, seed time and harvest will not fail as long as the earth endures. And it's very important just to uh, come to God at least once a year. Uh, it's really important that we should just, uh, as it were, acknowledge the food that we have. And of course, uh, today for many of us in, in the West, the amount of food available, the variety of food, things that we could only get at one time of the year that we can now get virtually all year round. I mean, it's immense, the variety and the provision of God. And we know that God wants us indeed to share what he has provided for us in parts of the world where we are uh, particularly blessed. Harvest will continue. There will continue to be a harvest up until that time when Jesus Christ returns. And this whole sense of the promise of God's provision for his creation is absolutely essential. And therefore it is good and right, whether it's uh, tins of food, whether it's selling cakes, uh, whatever is involved in our act of appreciation, God the Creator has given us another harvest. It's good that we do that. It's great, isn't it? As Christians, it's, it's fantastic to just recognise it's God. It's God who's doing the work. You know, you can plant something, you can't make it grow. Uh, you can put a seed potato in the ground, but you can't 
uh, create all the other potatoes that can come out of that. And you could talk about so many crops. We are indeed greatly indebted to God who brings about the harvest. And of course, the thing about the harvest is that, uh, yes, I, I've not dismissed the reality that some uh, do uh, starve and that there is famine. But it's also true that there's harvest in places where uh, there's a great deal of ungodliness as well as harvest and fruitfulness in places where uh, God is being lifted up and honoured. So today we, we give thanks and we simply acknowledge before a holy God that uh, there is this provision for us. But of course the most important provision is spiritual provision. And that's where we come, as it were, to the second half of what I want to share. And that's to do with the rainbow. And uh, you can find the verses in uh, Genesis chapter 9. They've already been read to us. But what we read is this. I will remember, I'm talking for verse 15, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. The rainbow. Now, uh, there are places, there are times when uh, you can see magnificent rainbows. Uh, when we uh, had a holiday recently in Wales, it, it was lovely to see a very, very substantial uh, rainbow. And it was interesting when we returned home, <coughs> there was another quite exceptional rainbow uh, just uh, pretty well over our home. The rainbow, we, we know all the colours of the rainbow, uh, we're aware of its uh, beauty, we're aware of uh, how it's not there and then it is there and then it goes. But we know that it's not a freak of nature, it's not an accident, but this is all in the plan of God. And this rainbow, this multicoloured rainbow that God put over the earth was an, a visible signal, symbol of the fact that he was a God who would keep his promises. He was a God who would uh, keep loving us, a God who would provide salvation for us. And we have the little chorus that children sometimes sing, whenever you see the rainbow, whenever you see the rainbow, whenever you see the rainbow, remember God is love. And the rainbow truly is a picture of the love of God. God does hate sin, we've said that, and uh, we can't sort of uh, get round that. You, you must water that down. He is an absolutely holy, perfect God. But God in his love wants people to be saved. And the rainbow that appears uh, in the clouds from time to time after a rainstorm or whatever, the rainbow is a message to us. God is faithful. He will keep his promises. He can be relied upon. He can be trusted in. And this rainbow 
is not just there to say uh, there won't be another flood that destroys all the earth. This rainbow is a picture of the heart of God, the multicoloured God, the God who is uh, looking out for people of every culture, every background, so many things uh, that are different about us, so many things that are similar about us. And God, God is able to reach out to anybody, everybody, whether you're tall or whether you're short, whether you are on the big side or whether you're a bit thin, uh, whatever, God loves you. And the rainbow says, I love you. The rainbow says, my desire is that you should be, as it were, under the rainbow of my love. And this reminds me of the blood of Jesus, which of course is one of the colours in a rainbow. But uh, it reminds me that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross so that we might be saved from our sin and come into an intimate relationship with the living God. God's desire and God's longing is that we might be in friendship with him, that we're not uh, rebelling against him, pushing against him, uh, just sort of uh, head down and wanting our way, come what may. No, uh, God is wanting us to work together with him. And of course, harvest time is, is a wonderful expression of, of partnership because yes, God sends the rain, uh, God sends the sun, God enables something planted in the ground to grow, but man digs, prepares, waters uh, in order that what has been planted will come to the best possible result. God has set his rainbow over us in order that we might come to know him and uh, the faithfulness of God, the covenant heart of God, the promise of God to uh, truly redeem all those who call on the name of Jesus. Here is a very precious and wonderful thing. It was great at that time in history for Noah to hear I'm not going to do what's just happened ever again. In terms of uh, the destruction of physical life, God says, all right, that won't happen again. And the rainbow is an evidence that I mean what I say. But of course, uh, what the Bible says, and we've already alluded to it, is that there will ultimately be a tremendous judgment. And we know that uh, building up to that final day, and uh, only Jesus, uh, well, Jesus is waiting for the Father to tell him. The Father has that day on his calendar, and uh, he can see it, and we're steadily moving towards it. But that day will be preceded, well, Jesus said, earthquakes, famines, and uh, he spoke about wars and all sorts of disasters and evil and terrible things happening and if you read the book of revelation uh, well you'll see again plenty of evidence of uh, things being poured out the vials of wrath and all of that uh, just just horrendous what is going to be happening in this earth but god is saying there is a savior there is a rescuer there is someone that you can turn to 
So when that day comes, you will not be overwhelmed, but you will be in the hands of the Father and brought safely into his heavenly home. That's what is ultimately going to happen. So while we wait for that day, we have the promise of God. God will keep providing. There will be food to eat. Yes, we, we could think a lot more about how we could share it, how we could enable others. We know uh, in European countries there's food banks and uh, we know that we can be generous and we can put things into the food bank because there there is enough. There is enough. If we're not selfish, if we're prepared to share, there is enough and we need to share. God is good. But ultimately, what we need is not physical food alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus said, you live by the word of God. And as we move into uh, a new phase in our lives, I believe that God is calling us to be a people who truly feed upon his word. As we look forward in coming days uh, to God working among us uh, in our local church, but in our world, we are looking forward to the fact that God is looking for a harvest. I want to finish with the verse that we haven't read, but Jesus said, look, look, look on the world, look and see. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. We spoke about seed time and harvest not failing God's provision. We spoke about the rainbow. He's a covenant God. He keeps his promises and uh, he will do what he says he will do. And he has provided in covenant, the new covenant, a saviour to wash away our sin and to bring us to God. We as a church, we have the responsibility and the privilege to bring in the harvest of those who have yet to receive Jesus Christ as Saviour. It's just so important that this is our prime objective. Harvest time, yes, we look at the physical manifestations of God's provision, whether it's carrots, parsnips or whatever. But this is also a time to say Jesus is looking for fruit he suffered and died in order that there might be a fruitful harvest of souls who are wrenched out of the kingdom of Satan and darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. This is what God is looking for. That's the harvest. And uh, we know the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. Praise the Lord. What we are about as we celebrate our physical harvest today, is to say, and Lord, we want to be labourers with you in your harvest field, in this world, because we want to see others saved from eternal destruction, saved to know you, the living God, in our lives. We read in that first passage in Genesis, as long as the earth endures. I don't know when this earth will finally be wrapped up, but while we wait, let us be zealous to pray, 
to pray for more labourers, for more people uh, to come alongside to help us share the good news of the gospel. And may God encourage us that he will provide, he will keep his promises. So may God bless you and thank you for watching and listening. God bless you.